Welcome to Weston's Sermon Podcast of the Week. We're so glad you joined us today. If you've been encouraged by our ministry and would like to support us financially, you can do so at westonroadchurch.com slash give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this week's message. Uh, I'm grateful for everyone that is here today because I truly believe that um, God has a word for us. And last week we started our values series. And how many of you remember what value we talked about last week? Lena. Worship. Very good. And so I just wanted to take a quick moment to recap for us. But first, values. What do we mean when we're speaking about values? Simply put, values are a person's principles or standards of behavior or one's judgment of what is important in life. And so as we talk about values in the month of October, we're actually talking about what is important to us here at Weston Road. Obviously, there are a lot of things when we look at how wonderful this Bible is. But if there are a few important ones, we're going to take time in the month of October to highlight uh, some of those more prominent ones for us. So last week, like Lena said, was worship. And I just want to give you a highlight. You don't have to write them down because I'm going to go through them fairly quickly. But at Weston, we value and want to develop a strong worship culture. We desire God's presence above production. By the way, when we get back to our church building across the street, we will have professional lighting and, and an upgraded sound system. But as good and cool as some of those things are, technology is very helpful as well. But we don't value production over God's presence. We value God's presence above all of that stuff. So in other words, if the lights go out and the sound system doesn't work, we will still have the presence of the Lord and access to it. So we respect principles of worship, not people's preferences. Preferences are very different one from another, but principles of worship are not our, we don't define what those are. God already defined what principles of worship are. Also, our worship will usher in the sound of heaven on the earth. That's part of the reason why the church exists, is so that we can usher in the sound of heaven on the earth. As well, we will sing a new song unto the Lord. We don't measure worship by excitement, but by obedience. And then lastly, worship is a non-negotiable priority in our lives. So those are some statements about worship that we talked about last week. And Psalm 100 verse 4, we opened up this service and we, we read from Psalm 100. But it says in verse 4, Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name. And so there's this element of praise and thanksgiving. So last week we talked about worship. Today we're going to look at the value of thanksgiving and why we value thanksgiving. Um, It was Alphonse Carr who said, Some people are always grumbling because roses have thorns. I am thankful that thorns have roses. I'm thankful that thorns have roses. So it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. You could look at the rose and get upset about the thorns. Or your perspective can be completely different and say, I'm so thankful 
that thorns have roses. See, it's, it's all about how we view and look at things. So with God's help, I pray that he would help us to have his perspective on life, his perspective on situations. The, the word grateful is a feeling or showing an appreciation for something done or received. Something done or received. And when I think about things that are done, I think of like acts of kindness. Someone gives me a gift. I'm happy for what, what, what is done. I'm also happy for what I've received. Things that I've inherited, such as a godly faith. Things like, you know, my mother's curled toes. Because at the end, my last two toes curl. And I got that from my mom. But I received it. It's not, no one did that for me. So things that are done for you, but things that you've also received. And Thanksgiving weekend, um, not that uh, I'm going to go into explaining why we celebrate Thanksgiving and why we have a turkey dinner possibly here in Canada. But simply put, Thanksgiving in our Canadian context is an annual Canadian holiday occurring on the second Monday in October, which celebrates the harvest and other blessings of the past year. So remember that, count your blessings, name them one by one. This, this is a good weekend, if you haven't done it all year, to look back and see what God has done in your life. On January 31st, 1957, a proclamation was issued by Vincent Massey. I know that because there was a high school in Montreal where I grew up called Vincent Massey. And it, the proclamation was stating, Thanksgiving was to be a day of general thanksgiving to Almighty God. So the origins, at least here in Canada especially, are godly. Um, So um, general thanksgiving to Almighty God for the bountiful harvest with which Canada has been blessed. I wonder today how many still give thanks to Almighty God um, as opposed to just being thankful for things and stuff and turkey and, and family, of course. We're thankful for family. But today, thanksgiving is going to, in our understanding of what that is in our lives, we're going to move beyond just, I'm thankful for stuff and for things and for possessions. We're going to move beyond that and take it to a whole new level today. I hope you're ready for that this morning. If you're ready, say amen. So thanksgiving defined is the expression of gratitude. I told you grateful uh, is the appreciation for something done or received. Grateful and thanksgiving are kind of synonymous. But thanksgiving is the expression of gratitude, especially to God. So when we talk about thanksgiving, this is not a, a Christian definition. This is like dictionary.com. It actually says that thanksgiving is especially towards God. And so I just want to say, in case you missed that, happy thanksgiving. We're so happy that you're here today, and uh, I pray that this word really encourages you in every situation of life. Before we dive into the scripture in Luke, um, let's just consider what the opposite of thanksgiving is. And I, I simply submit to you, the opposite of thanksgiving is grumbling and complaining. Grumbling and complaining, and As I think about those two words, I'm reminded of Israel. They were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. And God said, no, it is time now 
to set my people free. And he, he picked Moses, a man who claimed he had a stuttering problem. He picked Moses to be that guy. And, and Moses had his excuses. But basically, well, they got free. And the Lord did incredible things for them, like opening up the Red Sea. And all Moses had to do, God said, I'm not going to use your lips then. I'll, I'll use the staff or the rod that's in your hand. Think about it. Everything that Moses, almost everything that he did was with that staff. And so God will use you in whatever capacity you can be used. And God knows how and he knows with what to do it. So with the rod, that sea opened up. And man, we look at that and say Israel had so much to be thankful for. The Israelites had so much to thank God for. There was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night to lead them. And, but even so, they were saying, well, we're hungry now. They always found something to gripe about and complain about. So the opposite of thanksgiving looks a lot like Israel coming out of Egypt. who, who were saying, And they even said it would have been way better for us to still be in Egypt and to die in Egypt than for us to come this far to only to starve. God supplied the food. He gave them manna and quail. God supplied them water out of the rock when they were thirsty. And again, so much to be thankful for, but a lot of grumbling and complaining. So that would, that's what I submit to you as the opposite of thanksgiving. Philippians chapter 2.14, just in case some of you struggle with grumbling and complaining, simply says this, do everything... Without complaining and arguing, period. That, that's a verse in the Bible. So if some of us, maybe that's like all the conviction of the Holy Spirit you need. We can say amen. And you received the word of the Lord for you today. Um, but we sang a song this morning called Grateful. We opened up the service with it. And I just want to read to you those lyrics. Verse 1. This is the day that you have made. So whatever comes, I won't complain. For all my hope is in your name, and now your joy awaits my praise. So in all circumstances, we won't complain, but we can praise him. And then the chorus, I give thanks for all you have done, and I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is unfailing. Lord, I am grateful. And it's a wonderful new song that we just started singing this morning. If you have your Bible, turn to Luke chapter 17, and would you stand to your feet with me? And as you do that, I received a text message this morning from Laura Dana. And she said, just please tell the church, thank you so much for praying for all the text messages, for all the phone calls. Uh, They're overwhelmed with with the love of the church. And so she just wanted me to share that with you. So I didn't want to forget. So if you have your Bible open, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 17. And we'll begin reading at verse 11. If you're there, shout amen. One more time, if you're really there. Shout amen. Amen. All right, so here's what it says in verse 11. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten lepers stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, verse 15, don't miss it. You might want to underline, 
the first word was one. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. I pray that you would open our hearts now to hear what your spirit would say to each one of us. Lord, challenge us to the core of who we are, even if we are the oldest Christian in the room or the newest one. And Lord, speak out of the volume of your book, I pray. Anoint my mind, my lips, and my heart that I might speak your word only today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. These ten lepers needed Jesus. They needed life as they knew it to change. So much, in in fact, that when Jesus got close enough as he was passing through, they started to shout for him. Jesus, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And it says that they stood at a distance. And I know we've possibly talked about this recently, but uh, I want to just explain briefly why. Because the lepers were considered unclean. If you look in Leviticus chapter 13, uh, I just will go there, verse 45 and 46. Those who suffer from a serious skin disease must tear their clothing and leave their hair uncombed. They must cover their mouth. So everyone just cover your mouth and yell out, everyone, unclean. Okay, now picture you having to do that like all the time. Uh, See how embarrassing it is just to do it once and there are people around. Imagine every time someone got, was coming your way in your vicinity that you had to unclean, unclean, that you would alert them of your condition. So they needed help. And I'm glad that they called out for Jesus. But verse 46 of Leviticus 13, As long as the serious disease lasts, they will be ceremonially unclean. They must live in isolation in their place outside the camp. So they didn't have friends. They were considered literally outcasts, these ten lepers. The law required lepers not to mingle with other people. And so here in verse 13 of our text in Luke 17, Jesus is walking close enough that they begin to yell, not unclean, unclean, but they begin to shout out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. You might be here today, and you might be crying out in our time of worship or prayer, Jesus, Jesus, like here I am. We prayed, and I believe that we touched heaven today with our worship, and that God responds when we pray in faith, believing. Can you say amen? So we already are calling on the name of Jesus. He is close enough at all times. How many of you know He is? Right? So we can call on Him whenever we need to. Whenever we need Him, He's there. And so verse 14, Jesus' response, you might think that He had some, some profound words to share, but He had some simple words that actually had weight to them. He said, go show yourselves to the priest." Now again, to understand how that is a weighty response, we have to look at Leviticus 14 verses 2 to 4. 
because it's going to explain to us why he would tell them to go to the priest and what it actually means. So Leviticus 14 verse 2, the following instructions are for those seeking ceremonial purification. So we already established they were ceremonially unclean. So wait a minute, they go to the priest for the ceremonial, let me get it right, ceremonial purification from a skin disease. So those who have been healed must be brought to the priest. Verse 3, who will examine them at a place outside the camp. If the priest finds that someone has been healed of a serious skin disease, he will perform a purification ceremony using two live birds that are ceremonially clean, a stick of cedar, some scarlet yarn, and a hyssop branch. So, the important part for us today to grasp as we talk about Thanksgiving is that when Jesus responds, when they're saying, Have mercy on us, Jesus. And he says, Go show yourselves to the priest. He was actually saying, Go, because you are healed. But the Bible never tells us that they noticed a difference yet. So I submit to you that Jesus didn't heal them and then give them the instruction to go. But obedience and faith were both required for the healing to take place. What happens is that it doesn't say they asked him, can you be more specific? Like, are we healed if we are going to go to the priest? They simply went. And the Bible tells us, and we read it, that one of them in verse 15, as they were on their way, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus. Only one out of the nine. And so they were crying out. They, as they went, they were healed. Verse 15 and 16, like we just said, all of them were healed, but only one stopped to come back. And it's important for us as we talk about thanksgiving. And, and here at Weston, we value the spirit of thankfulness, the spirit of thanksgiving. It's important to understand why. Because Jesus questioned, what, where are the nine? Didn't I heal ten of you? And that tells me that we are to be thankful. And we're going to look at a, a ton of scriptures. So I pray you're ready. I hope you have your notepad or your phone device, however you want to capture your notes. By the way, we do have sermon notes at the guest services table as you come in. In in case you didn't know, grab one on the way in next Sunday and fill it up. And so they were all healed, but only one of them on his way stopped and realized it and came back to thank Jesus. So think about it. They're unclean. They're isolated from society. Hasn't they haven't been close to anyone or anybody for however long. And this one guy, and it's even noted that he's a foreigner, he's a Samaritan, chose to come back. Samaritans and Jews didn't mingle too much at all. Yet this man thought, this is important and significant enough that I must go and fall at his feet with thanksgiving. And Jesus could have said, thank you so much, you know, stand up and go, you're made well. But, but he actually had a remark about, where are the nine? Didn't I heal all ten of you? Where are the nine? So Jesus commented on the ungratefulness of the others. And the nine reminds me of how we oftentimes treat God. We, we would stand at a distance 
possibly in worship, we kind of like it, we get into it, we maybe lift our hands, but maybe not, depends on what I did yesterday or during the week. Uh, but if I'm feeling really spiritual, I'll lift, I'll lift a hand, perhaps. And so we stand at a distance, a comfortable distance, where I'm not too close to, to what's happening, but, but I'm here enough. And I, I, I sing a little bit, and I'm, I'm involved a little bit. And we stand at that distance, but we cry out for mercy. And we say, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy. Because by prayer time, we, we know we need help. We know we need Jesus. We know that we are, we are sinful people, but we need Him. And by the way, if you are a child of God, know that God doesn't view you as a sinner. He views you as a saint, because He views us through the righteousness of Jesus, the Bible says. And it's not nothing about me, but it's through Jesus Christ, that He views me as righteous. And so I'm a saint who sins sometimes, because the Bible says that we're not perfect. I don't claim to be. Um, if anyone is perfect, please, I, I, let's meet after the service. You can tell me your secret. Um, but I know that even the most righteous person sins seven times a day, the Bible says. So, but we can be righteous and still sin. Let me just say one small note about that. In, um, in Genesis, Adam and Eve, they knew no sin, correct? They knew no sin. God created them and He said, it is good. But even in their goodness, they still had the ability to sin. Because some of you might say, yeah, I've heard that phrase before. You're a saint who, saint who sins sometimes. But then why am I living in sin and falling into sin all the time? It's important to understand that, yes, we're made righteous through Christ. But at the same time, Adam and Eve, who God made them as pure and as good, still had the ability to sin. And so even though I'm made clean and I'm a new man in Jesus Christ, the old man is gone, so I'm made new, but there's still the ability to sin. But I'm thankful for the cross and for the blood of Jesus, which forgives us of our sins and washes us clean. Can somebody say amen? We have a lot to be thankful for. But we can cry out for mercy. Jesus, have mercy. But we're, we're at a distance. We're still separated enough. And Jesus does for you what you can't do for yourself. These 10 lepers, they couldn't do anything. They were just in isolation and unclean, unclean. That's all they could do all day long. And trust me, if someone else could help them, I'm sure they would have tried. But when Jesus shows up, everything changes. And the same is true for you and for me. How many of us are crying out for something that we want God to do? Uh, don't raise your hand, but I, we lifted our hands already during prayer. And there are many of us. This passage points to a, a very real human condition. And this is it. That we desperately want something from Jesus so we can get on with our own agenda. We desperately want something from Jesus, not so we could fall at His feet and thank Him, we want something from Jesus so that we can get on with our own life and our own agenda for life. And you see, I believe, my personal opinion now, is I believe the nine, all they wanted was to be part of society again, to mingle with people again, to not be an outcast. And, and Jesus, in His goodness, healed them. But they were ungrateful for it. 
or else they would have come. Jesus was questioning it. So the real human condition that I see in our our day and age is we want something, but once we get it, that's all we were really after. It's almost like if I come home with a handful of gifts. It was my son's birthday on Tuesday. And and we're saving some of them for when we meet together with the whole family. But could you just picture, I come home with all these gifts. My son's like, Daddy, 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 Daddy. And all he wants is what's in the box, uh, you know, in my hand. And he grabs all these toys out of the box and then runs away with all the toys. And I'm standing there with an empty box going, okay, uh, is that all you wanted from Daddy? Like, what about the huge hug? What about, uh, how was your day? What about, I want to ask you, how was your day? Imagine if my son treated me. I would stop and say, sorry, Josiah, come here, come here. No, no, no. How was school? Did you get detention again today? Because <laughs> he had that on uh, Monday or Tuesday. And I had to have a pep talk with him. Um, won't go into that. But... Imagine, we would never let our kids get away with that. But how many of us, don't raise your hand, treat God that way? You come to receive or to get what you need done to go on your way. And you even might thank God for what you received or or took as a blessing. But you're just thankful for the blessing. You're not thankful for the blood of Jesus. Think about it. Think about it. I told you today, we're moving beyond thanking God for things and stuff. And we're going to thank Him for the things and, that really matter. What He has done for us. What He accomplished for us on the cross. So the, the, let me read what I wrote because I want to make sure I get it all. This passage points to a very real human condition that we desperately want something from Jesus so we can get on with our own agenda. It's almost as if we're saying we desperately want something from you, but we don't really want you. We just want what you can do for us. And I think if we can begin to discern the difference in that, we will please God when we say thank you. And we will thank Him for the right things. Is it wrong to thank God for the blessings of life? No, absolutely not. In fact, last night, uh, we were at an event. And my wife and I, with our newborn, and we were leaving. And I saw someone, like we we left early. It wasn't even probably half, maybe it was three quarters of the way done. But we had to leave and we had a babysitter at home. As, As we were leaving, I saw someone... Uh, that I hadn't seen in about two years. And it's not like I knew this person. Uh, all I did was his father's funeral. And uh, I haven't seen him since. I met him for those two days of the funeral, and that's it. As we were leaving, he looks at me and he goes, You. He goes, uh, Thank you so much. Like, so he didn't forget. He thanked me. And I was like, Thank you for what? I remembered his name, thankfully. And as we're walking, I said, oh, it's good to see you. And we're going. He goes, where is your car? I was like, all the way at the end of the parking lot. He goes, don't, don't go too fast. I'm thinking, okay. As I'm pushing the stroller, I'm like, I don't understand what he's meaning. But he went in his car. I thought he was going to take off or something. But he comes and he's like, hold on. I said, don't walk too fast. Because I started picking up my pace again. And he comes, he gives me a handshake with a $100 bill in it. And I looked at it and I was like, thank you? Like, what is this for? He goes, because you're beautiful and your family. And, 
And I went, I went, thank you so much. It was really good to see you again. And, uh, and I went to the car with my wife and I showed her and I said, why on earth would a stranger, like I know his, I remembered his name, but a stranger know or care and give me $100 out of the blue at an event that we were leaving early that we so happened to walk out at the same time. And so here's a little backstory for my wife and I. Our AC unit broke during that hot, hot streak two, two weekends ago. And we've been sweating every night, even last night. It's still broken. We have all the young adults coming over on Friday. So my wife and I are saying, how are we going to afford the $900 repair? And uh, I said, I don't know, but God is going to help us pay for it somehow. And we did our numbers a few days before the, we got the, the quote for the AC unit. Long story short, I said to Priscilla, I said, see this $100 bill? What would make a complete stranger give this to us tonight? It's, it, human will does not do that. And I said, we're at an event. I, I don't know if, if he had a couple of drinks or something. I don't know. If, but even if he did, alcohol does not make people give money away to someone they don't know. They would spend it on more alcohol. Like these are all, so I said to my wife, and I said, this is not... Yes, it came from man, but this is actually God speaking and using somebody to show us that it doesn't matter how God's going to do it, but that He is able to do it. And so we're going to fix our... It's not enough to cover the cost, but I'll tell you what, it helps a lot more than not having $100. And I'm thankful, and I said, so this is just... She goes, like, you mean for, like, the church and the construction, the reno project, and the money we got to raise for that? I said, for everything. God is not just, you know, for the personal you or for the church. I said, in every area, God is the one who doesn't change. So... God is, it's a a principle or truth that we can apply to all things. So you know what we did right there in the van? We said, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. I said, thank you for the man, because he was obedient to whatever he must have felt in his spirit. But I said, thank you that you are amazing, that you love us. Just like, to me, this was like, I haven't forgotten about you. And I got you. And so that's enough to move beyond. Lord, thank you for $100. That's that's great. But I said, Lord, thank you. Because now you just reminded me and confirmed in my heart that you have not forgotten about us. You have not left us saying, Lord, we we need you to break through. We need to fix this AC, all this stuff. And so I'm just using, I wasn't planning to use that. It wasn't in my notes because it just happened last night. But I pray that you are encouraged today because God will bless you. He will bless your life. He will put things in your hands. Yes, and we thank Him for it. But we have to make sure we are able to move beyond it and say, God, I thank you. I thank you for you because you are the source. I thank you, God, for your provision in my life. Where are the nine? But where are the nine? They were ungrateful. See, the opposite of thanksgiving would be, I got a hundred bucks. Hey, babe, how are we going to spend this? You want to go on a date? Do you want to, like we could dream and imagine. That's not even really my concern. It was only this morning where I said, 
let's put it towards the AC and fixing that. But we, we just, we're thankful, God. Thank you. Thank you so much. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Here's the, a bunch of scripture for us, and I want to take this all home this morning. Verse 18, 1 Thessalonians 5. Be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in certain circumstances. No, no, that's not in the Bible. Be thankful in all circumstances, the good and the bad. That's how I can receive a text message from Lord Anna saying, thank the church for the text messages and for the phone calls and, and the prayers. Thankfulness in the midst of her mom passing away. It doesn't make sense. But thank you. Because it's, it's what we need to learn how to do. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So God wills for us to be thankful in all circumstances. Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Some of us need that word today. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, notice, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses, it transcends, it surpasses all understanding, shall guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about it. That verse didn't have to include thanksgiving, but it does. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, it could have just said, let your request be made known to God. But it doesn't. It says, and with thanksgiving. So you know what that tells me, church? You might be anxious. You might have real serious need this morning. But you can still thank God before He has even answered your prayer. So I'm thankful for God, even though He hasn't even answered my prayer yet. You catch it? We're moving beyond just thanking Him for what is tangible in our life. We thank Him for what we don't even have yet. We thank Him for what we don't even see yet with our human eyes. Thank you, Lord, in all circumstances, with thanksgiving. And and we let our requests be made known to God. A lot of us pray, and we have even prayer journals possibly, where we say, prayer request, and then answered prayer slash thanksgiving. If yours says Thanksgiving on that side, you could erase it and just write it next to prayer request slash Thanksgiving. Because with Thanksgiving, you make your requests be made known to God. Then the peace will come. Then the peace will come. So even in the midst of Lordana losing her mom, she's thanking the church. She's thanking God. God is the God of all comfort. Lord, I thank you. That even though we have such a big empty hole now in our family that is felt, Lord, you are the God of all comfort. And you come and you flood that emptiness and you fill it with your love and your light, with your presence. That's how we can do it. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 15 and 16. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be, what is it? Great Is it on the screen? Is it? Okay, let's try that again. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great 
Yes. There will be great thanksgiving when? As God's grace reaches more and more people. I I know it's a a long weekend. People might be away. Church doesn't stop. I don't preach, you know, on, on, like, I don't dial it down. We give our best. It doesn't matter if three people showed up today. I will pour myself out as much as I can. And so, God's grace is reaching more and more people. Did you know that we are... I don't know why, I can't explain it, but I've had conversations with different pastors, and I said, could you, I don't understand this, but since we've moved into the school, there are new people that I don't know. There are new faces that, unfortunately, I don't even know your name, but you've been coming, and you're here. And it's, I don't know why, and I'm not asking you to tell me what made you come. Uh, I pray that you feel like you're at home when you're here. And we're getting ready to go back. But God's grace is reaching more and more people. And what that is doing in our hearts as a church leadership is there's more and more thanksgiving. Just as the scripture says. And God now will receive more and more glory. So that's the beauty of it. This whole overflow campaign. You saw Aaron and Lizzie in the video. And and all the work we're doing across the street is not for us. There's no personal gain for us. But it's with thanksgiving that we're doing this for people. And we are witnessing more and more people. And God gets more and more glory in the end. So I'm full of thanksgiving today for that. Psalm 92 verses 1 and 2. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. You don't even need a reason. You just need to know it is good to give thanks to the Lord. That's reason enough. If the word of God says it. I will do it. So it is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. It is good to proclaim your unfailing love in the morning, your faithfulness in the evening. So those are the bookends to our day. Is is unfailing love in the morning and His faithfulness in the evening. And then as we close today, Ephesians 5.20. I don't know if this one is on the screen. But it says this, give thanks always and for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks always and for all things. Pastor Jonathan, even the bad, like the hard stuff, it says all things, in all things. So yes, even when... It's hard to make sense of situations. Yes. You see, the Bible says that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love Him and who are called according to His purposes. And if God said, I'm not a man that I should lie. So, standing on the truth of God's Word, if God causes all things to work together for the good then in all things, I can give him thanks. You see the connection? Yes? God causes all things to work together for good. God is not a man that he should lie. So I stand on that word. So now, in all things, I can give him thanks. Because he's working it for the good anyways. So God, even though this sucks right now, even though I can't make sense of this right now, I thank you because you're working all things for the good. In Jesus' name. John 6.11 says that Jesus took the loaves. He gave thanks to God. 
and he distributed them to the people. So this was the miracle of the feeding of 5,000. But that, again, doesn't include the wives and children, which were thousands more. And what, here's a pattern. Do we pray before we eat a meal? Maybe at home you do, but at work you don't. Well, here's a good pattern. Jesus took whatever there was. Five loaves and two fish. It's not a lot. How, how is he going to feed 5,000? Well, actually, the disciples were going to do that part. He, all he did was take it and he thanked God for what he had. It's not that he had food for 5,000 and all the wives and children. All he had was a little boy's lunch, the Bible tells us. And he thanked God for what he said, had. For what he had. What do you have today? In your eyes, it might not look like much. But if you would just thank him today for what he has given you, he has the ability to take that and multiply it into a blessing. So much so, till it overflows 12 baskets full. So it's important for us today in all things, in all circumstances. So when we pray for a meal, there are a few times when we've hosted people, we didn't have enough food. Like when I say enough, like if you're not stuffed by the time dinner's done, you didn't eat enough. So is, there were times when we had just enough and we prayed, Lord, thank you for this food. May it be a blessing to everybody that's here. And, and everyone ate to their heart's content. And my wife and I still had leftovers. I can't explain why. Maybe some people opted out of some, some food. I don't know. But we had leftovers. But if we thank God for what we do have, then he has the ability to pour out the overflow in our lives. Would you stand to your feet today? The last verse as we close. Psalm 116.17 says this. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And call on the name of the Lord. Some of us, if not all of us, will give God or have to give God the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And it paints a picture of the Old Testament sacrificial system. There was a peace offering and there was an offering of thanksgiving. And and these are things that they had to do. But I want to say this. The Bible says of Jesus, he says of himself, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And what that means in this context is I I no longer have to offer all these sacrifices that the law said you had to as a peace offering and as an offering of thanksgiving. Through Jesus now, I have the offering of thanksgiving. The perfect sacrifice once and for all. And so how we move beyond thanking God for stuff and for things, although we are to be grateful for those, but is to say, instead of saying, Lord, just thank you for this and thank you for my car, thank you for that. We are to do that. But to move beyond that is to say, Lord, thank you for the blood that was shed on the cross for my sins. God, thank you for healing that was made possible by the stripes on Jesus' back that he bore for me and for anyone who would call on the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you, you saved me out of the pit, out of the mud and the miry clay, and you put my feet now on the rock to stand. Thank you, Lord, that even on the worst day, I'm still better off with you than without you. And so that's how we move beyond, and we thank God. We thank God not just for temporal things because the new car will rust and will break down and die and you will get rid of it. But what he has done is he has made and purchased our freedom once and for all. 
It's, it's something that will never die. It's something that will never fade. The newness of what Jesus did for you and for me is something that we can thank Him for every day. Can you say amen? So something at Weston Road that we value is a spirit of thanksgiving. In all circumstances, we give you thanks, Lord. In all circumstances, we give Him thanks. So church, just a few things before we, we open our mouth and give thanks to Him. At Weston Road, we're gonna, we won't grumble and complain. These are some statements for our church. We won't grumble and complain, Philippians 2.14. Instead, we will be thankful in all circumstances. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 We will thank God for what we have as we wait with expectation for the overflow. And we thank God for the people in our lives because we can learn something from everyone. Can you say amen? So now, as we close, this is how we're going to do it. No band, no music. Today, it's the fruit of our lips giving thanks, as Hebrews says to him. So I'm going to say it's... You might have to get beyond feeling uncomfortable because there's someone in front of you or next to you. But I want us to lift our voices and just to begin to thank God for who He is. Not for what He does or what He gives us. But let's, let's move beyond that as we close today. And let the fruit of your lips give thanks to God for who He is. Come on, Weston. This is something we value, the spirit of thanksgiving. Let us lift up our voices today. Hallelujah. Father, on this Thanksgiving weekend, our hearts are filled with thankfulness and praise. Lord, we are grateful for everything that you've done for us, everything that you've accomplished, Lord. But I thank you for who you are. Lord, you are joy. You are peace. You are righteousness. You are healing. Lord, you are our provision. God, we thank you today for who you are. And Lord, our hearts are filled with thankfulness. Oh God, Lord, we thank you for the family that we have. We thank you for our nation of Canada. Lord, which back in the day originally said this weekend would be a, a, a reason or a time where we would honor Almighty God for your blessings. So Lord, we pray for our nation even today as families all around gather to eat together. Lord, I pray that your spirit would do his work around the table as people would even stop and think and give thanks. Lord, may you be the center of our thanksgiving today. God, we thank you for our church. We thank you that for such a time as this, you are raising us up to make a difference in our world like never before. We thank you for Emory Village. Our, our community. And God, we pray that you would save Emory Village. Lord, every generation shall be saved in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for everyone that has come today to the house of the Lord. And as we've heard from Scripture, God, in all seasons, in all circumstances, we are to give you thanks. Why? Because you cause all things to work together for the good. So, Father, we thank you for your word, which is the lamp and the light unto our feet. And, Father, today we don't walk in darkness, but we have the light of the world, Jesus. Father, I thank you that as a result of receiving the light, you've made the church the light 
light now of the world. And I pray that we would let our light shine brightly wherever we go from this place. Father, I I thank you for the week that is in front of us. No matter what comes our way, we won't complain. But we will say, thank you, Jesus. So God, show us the purpose. Show us the reason. And God, use us as your hands and feet for your honor, for your glory, for your purpose on the earth. We exist. So have your way now, we ask. Bless us as we leave this place. Um, pray that you would accompany us wherever we go. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, Thank you so much for listening to the Sermon of the Week. God wants to work in your life and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to share your story by emailing amen at westernroadchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope listening to this week's message has equipped you to be the light wherever you go.